Hey there, Conquerors, and welcome to another episode of the Conquering Columbus podcast. This is episode 154 of the show, and today we've got Brooke Yoakum joining us. And on top of being a current high school student, Brooke is the CEO and founder of Gift Pocket. It's an application that is designed to help people get rid of those gift cards you don't want or replace them with gift cards that might be better. And I definitely think you guys are going to enjoy this episode. Brooke's got a great perspective, and uh, as always, we hope you learn a lot. Before we jump into that interview, though, we got to take a quick moment to thank some of our incredible sponsors here at Conquering Columbus, and that starts with Small Biz Cares. Small Biz Cares is a nonprofit founded by socially conscious community leaders here in Columbus, and their goal is to connect, mobilize, and inspire small businesses to create lasting positive impact in our community. And Small Biz Cares members have the unique opportunity to join like-minded businesses to raise money for great causes, participate in large-scale volunteer efforts, and improve educational opportunities for youth in our community. To get your small business involved or to learn more, visit smallbizcares.org. That is smallbizcares.org. Conquering Columbus is also brought to you in part by the Sundown Group. The Sundown Group is an Ohio-based nonprofit helping connect entrepreneurs to everything they need, including investors, mentors, capital, and talent, through business pitch events, workshops, and classes throughout the state. And you can get more information on the web at sundownrundown.org. And now I'm going to kick it back to Josh to tell you about our last sponsor, FMX. FMX is a cloud-based facilities maintenance and management software founded and headquartered right here in Columbus, Ohio. There's a lot of competitors in this space, but FMX has made a name for itself, become the fastest-growing facilities maintenance and management software on the market on behalf of its extreme ease of use and tailored-fit approach to its clients. They serve industries ranging from education to property management, manufacturing, fast casual, and more. If you want to check out more, you can go to gofmx.com. All right, Conquerors, let's get the show on the road. You could drop me anywhere on the planet in any environment, and I might get you know, my head kicked in in the beginning, but I'll find a way to survive. I'll find a way to get the job done. Yeah, there's a little doubt, but you know what? Once again, I think of that guy in my ear. I think about stepping up to the stage. I think about the challenge. Like, I've lost sometimes but I've won more than I've lost. And so, like, I bet on me any day. Choosing greatness. Greatness doesn't choose you. You know, you have to choose it. And, you know, it's hard. I think there was a hunger in me. There was a desire just to make a difference. There was a desire to not just be status quo, a desire to not be average. This is Conquering Columbus. Hey there, Conquerors, and welcome to another episode of Conquering Columbus. Today on the show, we've got Brooke Yoakum joining us, and Brooke is an Upper Arlington High School junior. She's actively involved in Student Council, Spanish Honor Society, and is the captain of her school's soccer team. And on top of all that, Brooke is also the CEO and founder of Gift Pocket, a mobile app designed to help teens easily store, manage, use, and exchange all of their gift cards. And uh, when she was 12 years old, she attended the Young Entrepreneurs Academy, where she developed the idea of Gift Pocket and won funding for the best business idea. And after finalizing her business plan and participating in Concept Academy, she became an engaged client with Rev One Ventures, who helped her turn her app idea into a reality. We're really excited to have her here on the show to talk about starting Gift Pocket and what they have going for the future. 
Welcome to Conquering Columbus, Brooke. Hi, I'm so excited to be here today. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot for joining us. And so what's a typical day look like for you? I know you're kind of got a bit of a different day than some of the clients we've had, our clients, excuse me, guests we've had on in the past. So a lot of high school and then how do you handle juggling those two things? Every day is different, which I think is my favorite part about being an entrepreneur. And so my day starts obviously by me waking up, going to school. And luckily my school has been really like cooperative with me starting my own company. And so I have fourth and fifth study hall, which are open periods. So I can hold lunch meetings during then. And then I'll go back to school. And then after school, I'll head downtown. And one of our um, team members has a place and I work with her down there. And it can be like, you know, just having any type of meeting from like, just talking about like, what our future plans are, meeting with the marketing team, talking about with the developers and just and so it's just really different every day and just you know, sometimes we could be at there or different facility, facilities and it's just really fun. Does it become overwhelming at times juggling that, your athletics and then also, you know, school at the same time? Oh, yes, definitely. It's been it's just, it's been hard because I like to keep myself occupied in doing so many things at once, but it it makes it, I think it makes it more fun and it helps me stay organized by like okay, I have to do this from here and like and like, okay, I have to set this time aside for homework and this time aside for gift pocket and just helps me stay on top of things so I can do everything I want to do. Yeah, it sounds like you're juggling a lot of balance there, but uh, let's talk, maybe kick it a little back. So 12 years old, you go to the Young Entrepreneurs Academy. Did you always want to be an entrepreneur? Like, where did that come from? You know, actually, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur when I was like I think maybe 10 years old I went to camp and they asked you what do you want to be when you grow up and I was like I want to be an entrepreneur obviously like when I was 10 I didn't know what that meant but I was just like always had like my parents told me what an entrepreneur was I was like you know what I want to be an entrepreneur and I always loved like having lemonade stands and like you know going out there and passing out flyers and making sure we had the best location and just really wanting to make sure that we had the best lemonade stand and so I kind of always had that like business mentality and spirit and so when I did the Young Entrepreneurs Academy, it just seemed really fit for me. And what was that experience like? It was a really cool experience. Actually, though, at first, I, I didn't want to do it because, like, I didn't know about it. My mom's like, oh, you should go to this meeting. And I was like, okay, fine, I'll go. And then once I went to the meeting, I was like, this is the best fit for me. And it was a really cool experience because I went through the whole process of starting a business from the business plan, the idea, to all the way to like, um, well, I didn't make the idea because it was an app and apps take a while to make, but like going through like the whole marketing process, legal, legal's boring, but we had to go through that too. And just getting, going through all those steps was such a cool opportunity. And I even got high school credit for the class, which was even better too. So how many people were in the class? Like, was it a large class or? It was seven people, so it was the first class ever um, in the Columbus area, and it was actually, I liked the smaller class because we got like more one-on-time -on with our mentors and the people leading the class, and you got more opportunities to ask questions and feel like a good, like close experience with the class. Were you the youngest person in the class? Yes, I was. I was, the, I was in seventh grade at the time, so, and there was like seniors in there, and so it was like always a little intimidating because, you know, I was the youngest one and trying to, you know, be confident whilst like someone who's like five years older than me is pitching their idea too. And how long does the entire process take to make it through? So the class began in November and like the I pitched my idea around April and the class ended around May. So it's like seven month seven month program. Once a week for three hours. And that was through Rev One or no? 
so the Young Entrepreneurs Academy is the company that did that, but NABA was the one that sponsored the like the chapter of the Young Entrepreneurs Academy in Columbus. Okay, okay, and then so when and that whole process, right? You're developing the idea for gift pockets. So where does that idea come from? First off, like when did you decide that you know what this is what I want to build a business plan around for Young Entrepreneurs Academy? And then you ended up winning uh, was it best business the best business award during that time? Yeah, so I'll kind of walk you through it. So, like, on the first day of the program, you know, like, intro, they gave us pizza, and then they asked us, what's a problem you think you can solve? Because with any great business idea, they it's a solving a problem. And so, you know, you run through everything in your head from, like, when you wake up to, like, in the day and all the problems that come up. And at first I was like, oh, I want all my cards with, like, my credit cards. So I wanted a wallet on the back of my phone. But I was just like, that's not the best idea. And then I was like, you know what? I always go shopping with my friends and I always don't have my gift cards with me, but I always have my phone. And then around Christmas time, my grandfather has given me gift cards to like stores like H&M and I was like 12 and I didn't know what to do with that gift card. And so I was like, why not just have an app that I can store all my gift cards on and then if I get a gift card I don't like, I can exchange it. And that inspired the idea of Gift Pocket. And so this, with that idea, I took it all the way through the Young Entrepreneurs Academy. And then I pitched it at the end at the this like mini shark tank. So I had like six minutes and it was like very strict to be like on the dot, like with my pitch. And then I pitched it and then I won out of like that class of people. And I moved on to the regional competition in Rochester, New York. And then there was some funding associated with that, wasn't there? Yeah, it was about $2,000, but uh, that just paid for some legal work, but didn't go too far. But it was really awesome because I got the most amount of funny, funding out of anyone there. And then how long after that happens do you go to Rochester? Uh, I think it was like two weeks. Winning that competition was, I think, the reason why I'm here today because that gave me that validation that people believed in Gift Pocket and that this could be a, a real app, and now it is, which is crazy. So you go to Rochester, and what happens there? So it was really similar to the previous one, but now you're competing against other regional winners, and there are people from, I think, roughly the Midwest area competing against each other. And it was really cool because we got to, like, do some tours, and we got to do, like, practice networking, which is always cool, and, like, handing all our business cards to people and, like, meeting all the other students and hearing their ideas. And then there's another pitch competition. Sadly, I didn't win there, but it was a really cool opportunity just to pitch again and just, like, being in front of a live audience and trying to convince someone to believe in your idea is always just a good opportunity. So you come back home from Rochester, you didn't win that one. Are you still motivated by the idea and, and how do you keep the idea alive moving forward? You know what, I think with me, whenever I like lose something or someone tells me no, it just kind of gives me that grit and like want to like fight and prove them wrong. And so that, and I think that's what I did when I came home. I like, I did the Rev One's Consum Academy, which was like, their boot camp to prove that like the world wants your app and I that's how I became an engaged client with them but also like I like met with like designers and stuff and to like I really wanted this to work now I was like you know I need to show them that they should have picked my idea and so so you complete the concept academy with Rev1 and become an engaged client with their team can you talk to us a little bit about what that relationship looks like for you how they're supporting you and what you're doing with them yeah, for sure. So I've been an engaged client with them for, I think, like four years now. It's, it feels it feels like short and long at the same time. And I think our relationship has definitely changed throughout every year. In the beginning, they were really hands-on and helping. They were, like, leading me, but I would be doing all the work. So they'd be like, okay, here's this program called Balsamic. 
how do you want your wrap to look? Go do that through Balsamic. So they would just tell me to do that, and I would go work on, oh, I want this button to go there. I want this screen to look like this. And then we would come back and, like, show them what I did, and then we would collaborate. And so it was a really collaborative process, and just they were really helpful because, you know, I was in eighth grade, I guess, when I really became an engaged client with them. And so they were just really good mentors for me. And then um, once we were really done wireframing and doing all, like prototypes of the app, they helped us get connections to developers and designers in the community. And now they've just been a really good partner for us to have connections throughout the community and you know participate in their innovation hop and just really be out there. So at the point the wireframe is done, you're ready to actually development the app. I mean, that's probably the point where you have to expend, you know, the most amount of capital. Where did you find that from and how did you go about doing it? And were you scared about taking that risk or you were just all for it? So far, we've just been self-funded by um, my family and myself. I've invested money into it. And definitely when, once you have real money into anything, it's it becomes serious and you want got to work harder because, you know, you're putting money and you want to get that money out of it. And um, that was just for phase one, but we're going to, for phase two, we're going to need more funding. And so, you know, getting other people's money is just, is going to be kind of nerve wracking because, you know, now, not only are you reliable with someone else's money, like family is now it's someone else too, which is crazy. Yeah. And so talk a little bit about, so when did you actually launch an application from that point? So timeline wise, wireframe to full application to launch, what was that timeline look like? It's going to sound long, but it was probably three years from when we three or two and a half years from when we finished wireframing to when we launched in late April of this year and that like sounds like a long time and like sounds like I just stopped working on it it was really just because it took us a year to build like each partnership with the people that we have on the app and that was just a long process because surprisingly gift pockets a financial app and <laughs> there's so many laws that we had to overcome and so that just what really took us a long time to get to the app store so talk maybe a little bit more granularity about those three years like i mean that's that's a long time where a lot of people would kind of lose motivation and lose steam over that process and you kept it rolling so how did you set small milestones along the way and then what did you have to overcome along the way you know it was i'm gonna be honest it was it was really hard because like um after I started telling my friends like two or three years ago and so like they all knew about it and they were like when's it coming when's it coming they kept on asking me and I'm like it's coming soon I promise but so many setbacks came and so you know I think the validation that kept me going was just small things like small people be like this is such a great idea or like I gave a TEDx talk and like just like the response from that was really cool but I think the best thing that really like gave me that validation to push through a lot was I had a booth at the Girl Scout convention in 2017, I think. And we got to meet with a thousand Girl Scouts and mothers and troop leaders and just meeting with people one-on-one and just sharing the idea and just everyone relating to the problem and wanting to download the app was just like the validation that I needed. And as well, I got to meet like Girl Scouts and they loved the idea and they were inspired by it. And so just seeing their reaction was, I think, the reason why I'm still here as well. And then what partnerships did you create along the way? Um, so we have two vendor partnerships. For the app, you, you can buy gift cards and exchange gift cards on the app. And so to buy gift cards, we have a vendor partner for that so to connect to all the retailers. And then we to exchange gift cards. So say you go to a gift card to a store that you don't like, you can add it onto the app and then convert it to GP points. And that process is done through another vendor partner. And we have and those two connections that helped us create Gift Pocket. And you mentioned that the, those three years were spent building those partnerships. Like, did you 
did you reach out to them? Like, did you go find particular vendors? Like, these are my eligible list and have to like basically cold call them or what did that look like? Also, we were developing during those two years, but yeah. (laughs) And so finding those partnerships was luckily we, um, you know, we found so many people that were really inspired by the idea in the community that connected us to people. And we were first working with one partner. And so that kind of set us back. But, and they, it just was, a, they're a really big corporation and we were a really small company on their list. So we had to go a different route to another company. And so we just kind of, you know, built those relationships. And luckily we had people on our team at the time that had experience in the financial payments industry that were able to connect us to those people and help us build those relationships. So fast forward to whatever point you started actually creating a team. You know, how did that process come about and how did you uh, accomplish that successfully? So luckily my mom was there for me with me in the beginning to help like just like always be like an ally. She wasn't always working on it because, you know, she has a full time job, obviously. But we found our first um, we've had team members along the way, but like people come and go. But how we found Michelle Mercia, who's currently our president and CFO, was um, we were, put something out there on LinkedIn and she actually saw my demo day presentation at, in 2015 that Rev One asked me to do. And she was really inspired by the idea and she joined our team. And then we hired a CFO who just really wanted to get back into the entrepreneurship, like startup community and work on our team. And I think the biggest thing that I've made sure when we hire someone is someone who wants to work on gift pocket and is passionate about it. Obviously, we're n- I'm never going to find someone who's as passionate about gift pocket as me, but someone who is equally as close and wants to work hard and, you know, who wants to be on a late phone call at night or wants to have our Sunday meetings. Like those are the kind of people that I want on our team. And that's what we found. And that's what's been really not- nice about that. You're a young entrepreneur, right? And you're and all these people we're hiring. Kind of, what's the average age of the team here? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know their exact ages, but they're probably like higher forties, which is like it's always weird because like I'm 17 right now, and like I was 12 when I started this. So I'm always working with older people. Luckily, Michelle Mercia, she is like she has a team of people too. For so all of us are part time, and we have developers as well. And she has a team of people that have like younger are younger on that, so I get to work with them. And so it's always a little different because, you know, I'm like, I'm in high school and I have my high school life and they're like older lives and they're married. So it's like different backgrounds, I guess, if that makes sense. No, it does. And I think what I was just curious about is like how that, how that, how you've managed that relationship, right? And continue to work with your team and grow because I definitely think it's a unique situation. And I'm curious if that's ever been a challenge or if it's something that's always just been, hey, this is the way it is and we keep moving forward. Surprisingly, um, it's been really well working with the people on my team, they've like taken me seriously and like my opinion really val- is valued. However, when I've worked with like other people that like weren't on our team, like maybe like some people, like I don't wanna name names, but like like people would show up late to meetings with me or like, and they wouldn't really care, or, like just like not include me on email. So like sometimes like, you know, my age is like people just don't take me as seriously, but that's why I've, that's why I also want to prove those people wrong too. And, you know, work hard. And that's why we've we've had to build a team around me to show that we are a real company and this is legit. So what does the team size look like today? Um, today we have four people on the team and three, like we have a board chair and, um, two board members as well. And so like, but like, you know, like everyone's like, doing like everything and like we'll have meetings on Sundays and like we'll 
talk about anything from development to marketing even if like our cto like he'll like sometimes be in the marketing meetings obviously we don't want to waste his time but like well we just all work on everything and then our like board chair like we went to chicago last week and like he came with or one of our board members came with us to chicago so like it's all really collaborative and we're all working together and then you said you launched in late April, correct? Yeah. And that is the full, not a beta version, like the full app is now in the app stores? Yeah, every, like, everything that we're talking about today, well, you can do on the app, which is like really weird because the exchange feature was, like, is, was what really pushed us back from launching, and to have that available is really cool. And then how have things changed since the launch went live? Since the launch went live, the strategy has, like, because, like, before it was, like, we need to get this in the app store, we need to get, like, these development changes. Now it's all about marketing we want people to download that we want people using it and obviously i don't have a marketing degree and if i'm being honest marketing confuses the crap out of me so you know just trying to figure out marketing hiring a marketing team we've been unsuccessful at finding a marketing team so that's what our, our major goals have been right now and you know the hardest thing too is that we target teens and moms and like teens are so hard to market to especially because like there's just like a weird demographic because they get ads all the time. And so they only listen to a few out of the hundreds they see a day. And so how do we make sure that we're one of those few that they listen to is what we're trying to get at and figure out. And as it continues to grow, like, what are your plans for the future? Do you plan on going to college and continuing? Or do you plan on jumping right into fully managing gift pocket? Like, do you have a plan for that? Or are you just kind of taking it as it goes? That, that is a good question. I'm I've, I'm junior right now, and I'll be a senior next year, so I definitely have a year or so to decide. Next year, when senior year rolls around, I will be applying to colleges. I think the, the opportunity to go to college and get that knowledge is very valuable. And this one girl that I knew that didn't go to college, she was on Shark Tank, and they were like, we can't invest in you because you don't have a, like, a college degree. And so I think college is definitely something that I've always, like, I don't know, dreamed about some kind of dramatic, but like I've always wanted to do. And so I think it'd be a really cool experience. But, you know, Gift Pocket, I've worked so hard on and I'm definitely not going to just drop it. So it's definitely has been an important part of my life. And so I want to make sure that I bring it to its full potential before I ever decide to leave it. What are some of the things that you say like that you have dreamed about? Do you have like these ultimate goals, this ultimate vision for yourself that you see yourself in in the next, you know, 10 to 15 years or... Are you open to, to where things go? I think the coolest part about Gift Pocket is it's just showed me this how interested I am in the tech and innovation space. And I definitely want to stay in it. I think it's a really cool like I just love how it's always changing and how every day can be something new and you know, you're constantly being pushed like mentally and like in like in a good way though. Like I like you see a problem and you have to overcome it, but like how do you in like multiple different options and I just you know, I, I really like this area, and I definitely, after, you know, last week I said I went to Chicago to meet with one of our partners, and they're in the tech space, and just seeing that atmosphere was really cool, and just, I'm just like, I'm, that's like where I can't wait to be in the future. So going to college, you know, or you, do you think you know what you'll study? Oh, definitely. I definitely want to, um, my goal, every, you know, some schools don't offer the same majors, but my goal would be to study information systems, which is like a business major, and then a minor in computer science because the hardest thing that I've been challenged with is I like talking to the developers you know I want to make sure that like they're giving us the fair prices and like we we understand what they're doing or I could check the code and make sure it's correct and so I wish I could have that business side so I can understand like business obviously but then I can like make sure I can talk to the developers and 
you know, or if like I have a really cool business idea, like I could code that app if I wanted to. I mean, gift pocket is really complex. I don't know if I'd ever want to code gift pocket, but you know, just having that knowledge would be really awesome. Yeah. I think, uh, I constantly think having knowledge of code or knowledge of those types of information system, like you mentioned, would be super useful in my day-to-day. So I think that's a good choice. But uh, I think that's probably a good place to kind of pivot towards one of our last questions of the show here, Brooke. And it's centered around the theme here on Conquering Columbus, which is live uncomfortably. And without telling you too much about why we chose that phrase or why what we think about it, what do you think of when you hear the phrase, how does it apply to your life and career with Gift Pocket? I think, you know, it's the idea like never settling, like, you know, with like gift pocket, someone told me, you know, are you excited? Like it's the end. You just launched, you hit like the, like the finish line. I was like, no, this is like the starting line. This is like where we're going. Like, this is just, I've like been getting so close to like starting now I've started and like, this is where I go on from here. And you just like keep on working, keep on like, you can't sit down too long. Like, you know, when, I don't know if like ever those, like, like today's it's raining outside and like sitting and watching like movies all day, like. You, you can do that like that one day, but the next day you just got to get up and like keep on moving, keep on doing something you're passionate about is what I think about when I hear those words. I think it's a great answer, Brooke, and thanks a lot for joining us here on the show. We really appreciate you stopping in. Thank and, you so much. And Conquerors, thanks a lot for tuning in. That was Brooke Yoakum. She's the founder and CEO of Gift Pocket. If you guys want to download the app, you got problems with uh, gift cards, check out the show notes down in the links. You can find that. And... Uh, Learn more about Brooke Yoakum and her team. Again, thanks for tuning in. If you like that episode, share it with your friends. Leave us a like. We'll talk to you next week. Hey, Conquerors, that's it for the episode today. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode and learned a lot. If you did, make sure to leave a like. Share us on Facebook with your friends. We really appreciate all your support. And every time you share our podcast or leave a review on iTunes, it really does help us out. Before we let you go, we want to take one last moment to thank all of our incredible sponsors here at Conquering Columbus. And that starts with Small Biz Cares. Small Biz Cares is a nonprofit founded by socially conscious community leaders here in Columbus. And their goal is to connect, mobilize, and inspire small businesses to create lasting positive impact in our community. And Small Biz Cares members have the unique opportunity to join like-minded businesses to raise money for great causes, participate in large-scale volunteer efforts, and improve educational opportunities for youth in our community. To get your small business involved or to learn more, visit smallbizcares.org. That is smallbizcares.org. Conquering Columbus is also brought to you in part by the Sundown Group. The Sundown Group is an Ohio-based nonprofit helping connect entrepreneurs to everything they need, including investors, mentors, capital, and talent, through business pitch events, workshops, and classes throughout the state. And you can get more information on the web at sundownrundown.org. And now I'm going to kick it back to Josh to tell you about our last sponsor, FMX. FMX is a cloud-based facilities maintenance and management software founded and headquartered right here in Columbus, Ohio. There's a lot of competitors in this space, but FMX has made a name for itself become the fastest-growing facilities maintenance and management software on the market on behalf of its extreme ease of use and tailored-fit approach to its clients. They serve industries ranging from education to property management, manufacturing, fast casual, and more. If you want to check out more, you can go to gofmx.com. You could drop me anywhere on the planet in any environment, and I might get you know my head kicked in in the beginning, but I'll find a way to survive.
survive. I'll find a way to get the job done. Yeah, there's a little doubt, but you know what? Once again, I think of that guy in my ear. I think about stepping up to the stage. I think about the challenge. Like, I've lost sometimes, but I've won more than I've lost. And so, like, I bet on me any day. Choosing greatness. Greatness doesn't choose you. You know, you have to choose it. And, you know, it's hard. I think there was a hunger in me. There was a desire just to make a difference. There was a desire to not just be status quo, a desire to not be average. This is Conquering Columbus.